Darren Gang. Welcome to the show. Welcome to this week's episode. Great Aaron Gang. Drew and Pedro, we are happy, happy to be with you. We hope that everyone got to watch the draft. We hope you got to enjoy the draft. And we hope that, like us, you got to enjoy a little bit of a little bit of live sports, which is something we all needed in these times. Drew, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic. When you were a kid, I don't know how it was for you on Christmas, but like as soon as Christmas morning rolled around, we opened our toys and we enjoyed them. The first thing that me and my friends used to do is we call each other to see what we got. So I feel like this is us right now. Like the draft is our Christmas as an adult now, and we're just kind of like excited for the future. And so this is me and you sitting from our homes talking about the new toys of the NFL. Yeah, yeah, it, it's so exciting. And you know what? It's going to be even more exciting when I have a team. <laughs> yeah, loser. <laughs> so for everybody who doesn't know out there, um, I just kind of started, or I guess you could say I'm new to the football world compared to everybody else. I didn't even know what a football was until, I guess, middle school. I was born in Mexico, so I don't really have an association with a team. It's hard for me to... to to feel connected to a team yet. I haven't found it, but I'm looking for a home. My guess would be the D- D- Detroit Lions, uh, just because uh, you're Akuta so Matata. attached to Akuta Matata. <laughs> uh, but we'll see. I don't know. Maybe he can come in there and surprise me. I'm just glad that he's not like automatically jumped onto the Chiefs bandwagon. I have nothing wrong with the Chiefs. I just have something wrong with people jumping on to the number one team and just because they're good, you know. Have yeah. some, have some, some gall to you. Stick to the hard times. Yeah, you know, I, I'm telling you, I'm looking for a connection. That, you know, I really am. I don't. I like Patrick Mahomes. I think he's one of my best or uh, one of my favorite players right now. I mean, probably everyone's favorite player right now. But I don't have a connection to the Chiefs. I don't feel it. So hopefully one day I'll I'll get that connection. But uh, great on gang. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to us. Follow us on Twitter at Grid Gang Podcast. Uh, email us at gridirongangpodcast at gmail.com. Hope you guys can uh, connect with us because that is what this podcast is all about, connecting with fans from fan to fan. Isn't that right, Drew? True. Very true. That That is our uh, number one goal here is to make connections with people and be able to, you know, make friends in, in during this divisive time on humanity. That's right. Uh, this episode and the next one are going to be a little bit different. We usually uh, upload our episodes around Thursday, Friday. Uh, it is Monday, Monday, April 27th, and we're uploading a draft breakdown, uh, an aftermath of the draft. We are going to go through the first round, give you guys our thoughts, give you guys our input, what we think about each pick, maybe if there's any winners or losers from the picks. And then we'll do the same thing for round two later this week. Uh, we we felt that we kind of had to do this because there's, I mean, there's a lot of things going on after the draft. Exactly. And we don't want to fall behind. And, and, and to add to that, the second round this year just seemed like it was packed with so much more talent than years past. I think that that's the biggest thing that we're trying to accomplish with the second episode because there's just so many 
franchise changing picks in that in that in that pick draft you know so uh we're, we're gonna we're excited to talk about the first round this episode next episode we will go over the entirety of the second round yeah and there were surprises too i mean there was a lot of surprises in the second round but also in the first so why don't we just go ahead and get things going with the cincinnati bengals who picked joe burrow quarterback out of lsu are you surprised? Uh, I'm not. Uh, I feel like uh, we kind of knew that they were going to pick him even last year when he was in college. Uh, well, when we found out at least that the Bengals were going to be picking at one and not the Dolphins. But, I mean, he goes from one of the most talented rosters in college to one of the worst rosters in the NFL. But at least in my opinion, he has a few weapons. Uh, Joe Mixon is a great running back. They can pass they can catch the ball uh, uh, coming out of the backfield. And John Ross is a deep ball threat. You know, he averaged a crazy 18 yards per reception last year. You know, he's a speedster. And, of course, A.J. Green is there. Of course, there's a lot of questions with him and his health. But he is, or at least was, an elite wide receiver. Yeah, and I think the best thing that's going for Joe Burrow right now is that they're getting their last year's first-round pick in Jonah Williams uh, after he hurt his shoulder. He'll be back there to protect uh, our, our number one player here. But I agree with you. He might not have the highest ceiling, but he does have the highest floor, and I think that's the safest uh, quarterback prospect this year. My only concern is the fact that he had an amazing reduction his senior year. I'm not a Joe Burrow hater, okay? I'm a realist. He couldn't win the job at Ohio State. He transfers and has a kind of mediocre year at LSU. And then all of a sudden he gets hit in the head in the bowl game against uh, University of Central Florida and becomes a superhero from then on. Again, yeah. not a hater, but let me remind you, the last high pick that played quarterback that only had one year of good production, Mitchell Trubisky. Joe Brady is now at the Carolina Panthers. Now is the time to see what Zach Taylor can do when it comes to developing talent. And now he has to evaluate Joe's strengths and weaknesses. I think the loser here in this pick is Andy Dalton. Poor guy. Uh, still in the roster. has not been traded, but we'll see what he can do. You know, you make some really great points because uh, everybody's talking about how risky of a pick Tua was because of his health. But... Nobody's talking about the possibility of this pick being a risk because we haven't seen him do it other than just this few months that he that he did it at, at uh, LSU. So Exactly. I don't want to take anything away from that amazing year that he had at LSU. Oh, of course. Uh, I mean, 60 touchdowns thrown is incredible. Congratulations. I just I hope that he can continue to have that success. Yeah, yeah. I 100% agree. Let's move on now to the Redskins. Um another no surprise here. The Redskins take Chase Young, the edge rusher out of Ohio State, perhaps the best player in the draft, goes to Washington with Ron Rivera. And Ron seems to breed a culture of defensive toughness, defensive football. So, I mean, was there a better spot for a better landing spot for, for Young? Let me ask you this. The Redskins are low-key copying the 49ers draft plan draft the best front seven player in the draft and worry about everything else later. Ryan Kerrigan, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, now Chase Young. 
The previous coaching regime couldn't find success with this defense, but I believe Ron Rivera, the former NFL linebacker, linebacker coach, defensive coordinator, and two-time AP Coach of the Year can. The loser of this pick are the opposing quarterbacks. Oh, 100%. And the the winner, of course, is Ron Rivera and the Redskins. I mean, they got, I, I think, the best player in this draft, and it'll be really exciting to watch him uh, hopefully destroy some quarterbacks out there. Uh, oh, baby. Oh, baby. Let's go on to the Detroit Lions. Pedro's they draft. Team. What was that? Pedro's favorite team. <laughs> we'll see about that. I don't know. But they draft Jeff Okuda, the cornerback out of Ohio State. Okuda Matata. That's right. Dreams do come true. The Lions draft Jeff, Deku- Jeff Okuda, the best corner in the draft. And not only is he great pick because they replay, replace uh, big play Darius Slay, but most importantly, this is a great pick because of the nickname I came up for Jeff Okuda. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, Lions, Lions fans have a new motto, Okuda Matata. Of course, for those of you who did not watch that episode, I will not sing it again, but here's a little recap. Okuda Matata, what a wonderful poet. A phrase, Okuda Matata, you won't even miss Lay. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's your touchdown free philosophy. Okuda Matata, the winners here are quite frankly me and the Gridiron Gang fans because we have our first successful nickname. What do you think about that, Drew? Uh, yeah, this is probably the sa- second safest pick behind Chase Young. He has the best, uh, he fits in any scheme. There really isn't a whole lot to say here because it's so simple i think the loser of this this pick is the uh the quarterback situation in chicago mm, yeah i mean mitch Trisky, nick Foles, either of them uh good luck good luck against jeff kuda they lost a big time quarter cornerback replaced him with a big time cornerback let's move on to maybe the first surprise of the draft and that is the giants drafting offensive tackle andrew thomas out of Georgia, and I'm not saying this is a, a surprise because of the position maybe that they drafted. I know I had previously mentioned that I thought they were going to draft Isaiah Simmons to help Blake Martinez in the coverage, but that's not why it was surprised to me. The surprise to me was because uh, it was Andrew Thomas, not because he's not a great player, but because I really thought, like many other people thought perhaps, that Jedrick Wills and Tristan Wirfs were ahead of him in the tackle rankings, you know, uh, better if you want to say that. But they got their man. They liked him. He's 6'5", 320. He's a big, powerful lineman, and he can play both tackle positions. So I think the winner here is Daniel Jones. Thomas has had probably the highest floor of any tackle prospect. He's been a starter since his freshman year at Georgia. You think about the players that he has blocked for in college, and now he's blocking for a generational talent in Saquon Barkley. Yeah, he's not really a sexy pick here. But he can come and help the team have success for years to come. Uh, I don't think that there really is a loser in this situation. Uh, because, I mean, you bolster your, 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 your trenches. There, if you, if, like, like a lot of people believe, you have, you have the best trenches in the game, both if you look at what uh, Chris Ballard did the year that he drafted Quentin Nelson, and then you see what the 49ers are doing and what the, the Redskins are doing. If you have the best trenches the front line whether it's offensive or defensive you still have a really good way of winning so i think that this is really a good situation for all all team all parties included 
Yeah, yeah, 100% agree. It, it all starts with the big boys on the line, that's for sure. The LA Chargers, they take with the six. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. We, we remember we're skipping Tua, number five. Oh, my goodness. Oh, thank you very much. We are skipping Tua. The, the Miami Dolphins uh, take quarterback Tua Tungavaloa out of Alabama. Um, apologies, Miami fans, but trust the process, right? Uh, this is a phrase that was used by the Philadelphia 76ers over the years, uh, but it is what might as well become the Dolphins' motto as, what, motto as well. Tank for Tua is what we heard for a long time in Miami. Then they started winning games under Brian Flores, and some people, uh, maybe even fans, I don't know, were thinking, were out, you know, saying, what, what are they doing? Winning games? Come on now, we're, we're tanking for Tua. But uh, they did. They got better. Brian Flores, it just instills that, that, that winning mentality and um, that attitude in the team that they need. And they guess what? They still got their guy. They got Tua. Hopefully he can stay healthy, but trust the process indeed. The Dolphins have become this bottomless pit of quarterback talent since Marino retired. Everyone wants to make fun of the Browns for how many failed QBs they've had. Miami is a close second. I hope that Tua stops this. I believe that uh, he has the talent to do so. I believe that Tua has the highest ceiling of any quarterback prospect in this draft, including Joe Burrow. Uh, he, he has had consistent numbers in production while at, at Alabama. Unfortunately, though, another consistent thing he has is injuries. But I believe he's going to need more talent on that offensive line before he's able to come in there and be comfortable and starting under center. Yeah, 100%. I think if he may, uh, out of all the quarterbacks that were taken in this, well, in the first round at least, um, he may benefit the most from just sitting back uh, the large part or maybe even the whole year and just uh, absorbing as much as he can and letting Fitzpatrick take those hits that he was probably going to take. Um, let's move on now, this time for real, to the LA Chargers who with their sixth pick take Justin Herbert, quarterback out of Oregon. Uh, this is the last of the top tier quarterbacks in the draft, at least prospect-wise. We'll see what happens in their careers. Uh, he may need to develop more than Burrow and Tua, but he is a great prospect nonetheless. And he goes into L.A., uh, who has good weapons. I mean, he may sit under Tyrod uh, like Baker did to start his career. He may just win outright win that uh, starting position before it's all said and done. But the weapons is what I really like uh, uh, from this team. You know, they have Austin Eckler. They have Hunter Henry, uh, the big tight end, who is a tight end is um, a best friend to a young quarterback over the years. We have seen that. And uh, let's not forget about Keenan Allen. You know, their their best offensive weapon. So I think the winner here is Justin Herbert because he goes into a situation where he has great weapons, a great tight end, a pass catching running back, and a competent quarterback in case they want him to sit the first few games. Let me tell you, a lot of experts think that this is such a reach. Last year, he was projected to be the first quarterback taken in this draft. Uh, before his character concerns caused him to plummet, there are stories that he would literally cry in the huddle and just wasn't mentally tough or a vocal leader in the Oregon locker room. He's quiet and seems to struggle whenever it comes down to his arm to win the game. His, his athleticism is a saving grace. He has the legs to get out of trouble. My hope that my hope is for Herbert that will find some time to learn how to be a professional and that there is no crying in football. 
I do think that he has a lot of uh, talent around him that can help him succeed. I just hope that he can find that w- a way to make that connect. The The loser here, I feel, though, is the Chargers. This is a really high pick uh, for somebody that's not really proven, you know? Mm, yeah, interesting. Uh, I don't think I've I've heard that kind of take on him before. So that's very interesting. We'll see what happens over there in Los Angeles. The Carolina Panthers take their seventh round pick and draft Derek Brown, defensive tackle out of Auburn. Oh, big boy, 6'5", 326. Uh, He's more of a run stuffer than a a rusher. Uh, But of course, we think and we hope that that surely does improve. He has elite strength and size. I think this is a good pick for the Panthers. Yes, the big ugly. I love Derek Brown. He will demand a lot of attention from opposing offensive lines. I do think his pass rush does need some work, but he does. If once he has that down, look out, Aaron Donald. There's a new sheriff in town. I like it. Speaking of picks that I like, the Arizona Cardinals with their eighth pick draft Isaiah William, uh, Simmons, excuse me, uh, from Clemson. Uh, this is a hybrid athlete the best linebacker in the draft. If you want to call him a linebacker because he plays everywhere, he creates mismatches depending on where you line him up. Uh, I thought he'd be going number four to the Giants, but I guarantee the car- the Cardinals were sitting there going, oh, okay, thank you. He's still on the board. We'll take him. And they just took the best player off the board. Uh, he's considered a jack-of-all-trades. Let's see if he can master one position or if they will use him as a jack-of-all-trades in the NFL. Last season, we talked about this. Uh, when we were watching the draft, Drew, he took 253 snap snaps out of out of the slot corner position, 166 snaps out of, as safety, 132 snaps as outside linebacker, 72 as inside linebacker, and 12 snaps as a corner. Wow, the winner here is definitely Arizona and that defense. This guy is something else. I I can't put into words how important he's going to be to this defense. He has the size of a linebacker, but the speed of a defensive back, the reports that teams were kind of scared to take him because he didn't have a set position for him to play and develop in. This guy is special. Just put him on the field and tell him to go get the ball. Really excited for this guy. And I think the loser in this situation is Russell Wilson. Let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars take, the second best cornerback in the draft, possibly CJ Henderson out of Florida. Uh, and feel, you know, this fills that hole that was left when Jalen Ramsey left. So I think this is a great pick uh, from the Jaguars addressing their needs. He's a big, long uh, defender, really good to plug and play in situations. Let's hope that he is better than previous Florida cornerbacks uh, that really haven't panned out in the NFL. Henderson has the potential to come in and break that chain. One of my favorite picks of this first round because of the value, I think, is Dredgic Wills, offensive tackle out of Alabama, who goes 10 to the Cleveland Browns. I talked about it earlier that the Giants took Andrew Thomas at four, although I thought Dredgic Wills was you know, one of the two best tackles in the draft. Uh, but they take him here at 10 after signing Jack Conklin in the offseason. That's their two tackle positions. They're set. There's no more excuses. Baker, show us what you got. It's time to put up or shut up. I think this is it for Baker and the Browns. I think the winner is Baker, 
but we'll see what happens. Jedrick Wills played right tackle at Alabama, but let me remind you that his quarterback was left-handed. He had the important task of protecting the blind side. I believe that he can switch over to left tackle, potentially uh, come in there and, and take over the left tackle role while Jack Conklin is back to his right side. Who knows? I think that Jedrick Wills has the highest ceiling. While he doesn't have the highest floor, I do think he can develop into an absolute elite tackle. The loser here is the Browns because they're Browns, not because of Jedrick Wills. Oh, goodness. Shots fired, Cleveland. Um, but I agree. Okay. Uh, with the 11th pick of the draft, the Jets take offensive tackle out of Louisville. Makai Becton, uh, he didn't fall that much. We were talking last episode about how he may fall because of uh, some red flags that were raised uh, in his drug test at the combine. 6'7", 363. He's a powerful blocker. And the Terminator, Donald Schwarzenegger, is now protected. Maybe he can stop seeing ghosts. But can he get some weapons now, please, uh, Jets? I mean, at this point, listen to this. These are his wide receivers. Jamison Crowder, Quincy Nunwa, and Brashard Perryman. I mean, the winner is definitely Sam Darnold because he's getting some protection. But come on now, let's get him some weapons now. Beckton is a mountainous man that can come in and make an immediate impact. The biggest concern is his ability to keep his weight down. He loves to cook and he loves to eat. So far, he's done a really good job of keeping his frame in check since he wowed everyone at the combine. Yeah, he's a big boy and I'm not, well, I'm becoming a big boy. I'm not a big boy yet, but I share his passion for cooking (laughs) and eating, especially right now with the quarantine going on. The 12th pick goes to or went to the Las Vegas Raiders, who selected Henry Ruggs III, speedy wide receiver out of Alabama. I love this pick, not only because it makes sense. You know, of course, they have Hunter Renfro, uh, Darren Waller. Those are probably their best receivers. I mean, they needed help. So great pick. But I also love it because the Raider Nation was all excited last year when they thought they had Antonio Brown, right? And And obviously, we know what happened. It fell through. He uh, he was he never suited up, never played. But Raider Nation, get excited again because you finally have your stud wide receiver. I think the winners here are the Raider Nation and Derek Carr. Let me tell you, Al Davis is looking up, smiling. Uh, Ruggs had bring, also brings leadership to the team. At Alabama, he was the voice and the dog in that receiver room, in a room filled with first-round talent. The loser here are the Broncos and the Chargers for having to face Tyree Kill and Henry Ruggs multiple times in a season. That's right. That's right. Number 13, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They move up barely, but I mean, they were 14. They moved up. They just kind of switched with the 49ers and they take Tristan Wirfs, the tackle out of Iowa. Uh, He's an athlete and he's there to protect TB12 as well as bring his uh, run blocking to this offense, which, by the way, Gronk also brings. Gronk is one of the best uh, run blocking tight ends of all time. Uh, Tristan Wirfs is a great run blocker as well. But guess what else he brings to the table, Drew? I thought this was really interesting, especially because we talked about Gronk recently. He was the his state's wrestling champion. Hmm, how does this tie in, you may ask? Well, don't forget that Gronk is the current reigning 
defending undisputed WWE 24-7 champion. And it all makes sense now. You know, Vince McMahon called Tampa Bay and he was like, look, we need you to sign this guy because he's going to challenge Gronk for the title. I would love to see that. But of course, that's just speculation. But seriously, great pick from Tampa Bay. Great pick for Tom Brady. And uh, I didn't think he was going to be here. So winner, Tampa Bay. I wouldn't try that, Gronk, because there's video of him uh, hang cleaning 450 pounds five times. Uh, forget that. Uh, you have no chance. He has the most pedigree and talent of the to- and to be the top offensive lineman in this draft. But his shorter arms make people think that he should play guard in the pros. No matter where he plays on this line, Tampa will be excellent hands for years to come. For sure, for sure. And Tom Brady is definitely smiling. And they were the 13th. Now they went 14th. The San Francisco 49ers take Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle out of South Carolina. Um, This was a little bit of a surprise to me, at least, because I saw San Francisco taking a wide receiver here. I mean, Judy and Lamb were still on the board. And so I really expected them to take one of those two. They went with Javon Kinlaw, which is not a bad pick. But essentially what they did here was trade Buckner to Indianapolis. And then with the pick they got, they draft his replacement. So I guess it makes sense. But uh, I just wanted or I thought they were going to take a wide receiver. Yeah, it's weird It's uh, to have that kind of. Um, it makes sense financially, you know, because you lose Buckner, who is do a huge contract you you trade him get somebody in return in order for him to replace the guy you just traded the the pick surprises me and then it doesn't this is a very typical uh, of them to make a defensive lineman in the first round they signed eric armstead in the offseason and traded buckner for this pick yeah their defensive line and the defensive unit are a huge reason why they were in the super bowl but i think they should have upgraded their pass game here because they had, like you said, two of the best wide receivers sitting there looking him at the face. Which brings us to the number 15th pick, the Denver Broncos. And, I mean, to be honest, Elway really couldn't go wrong here. Uh, he had Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb. And uh, it was a great opportunity for for them to take uh, the pick of their choice. They go with Jerry Judy, the wide receiver out of Alabama. Uh, this is great for Drew Locke, who is definitely the winner here. And I'm telling you, Denver just keeps getting better and better. And we'll see because they kept getting better this draft. Uh, People better watch out for this offense, especially if Drew Locke takes that step forward this season that I'm assuming we all expect. Right. I love everything about this pick. I was skeptical about the Broncos getting one of the premier receivers in this draft. The offense is young and promising. And in the next two years, I expect the Broncos to come in and challenge the Chiefs in the AFC West. Yeah, that's like the second, third time you've said this, and I'm starting to agree with you. I'm starting to to get on board uh, with the Broncos here. So great pick for them. 16, let's go to the Falcons. The Falcons take cornerback A.J. Terrell out of Clemson, and it seemed a little bit of a reach to me. I know this is a position that they needed, but you got players like CeeDee Lamb. We talked about him still being on the board. Xavier McKinney, uh, Chason, Clavion Chason, et cetera. They were still on the board. 
but you know they t- they go with uh filling the position in need what do you think about this pick i i think it's a little bit of a reach yeah i would have seen i'd love to see someone take of a different position here but it makes sense you need to take someone of a, at a position of need and the falcons needed a quarterback to help stop the likelihood of drew Brees and tom brady so i can't really fault him here i think it's going to be a solid pick in the future for future like to come yeah and i mean also if you look at the fact that uh after akuda and henderson maybe they felt like this class of cornerbacks in this draft was a little shallow after those two so they were like we need to take one now so i guess it makes sense and somewhere in the ocean in his private 225 million dollar yacht set jerry jones going oh my goodness what do we have here and the cowboys take cd lamb wide receiver out of oklahoma they said forget our needs on defense we're just gonna outscore everybody the winner here is Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper though because it gives Dak another weapon it gives defenders another uh worry and gives Amari another uh chance to excel this by far is my favorite pick of the first round how about them Cowboys they now have a legit offense. You have a $100 million man on one side and Amari Cooper. And the first round, you take the best receiver, in my opinion, on the other. And then you have Zeke in the backfield. Good luck with that. Talk about picking your poison. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, it's a gutsy pick, too. Well, yes and no, because, I mean, you take the best player on the dra- on the board, but they need they have some defensive needs and they go you know what nope we're taking the best wide receiver in the draft possibly so i i agree i love it i love it i love it let's move on to the dolphins again they come here with their second pick of this first round and at number 18 they take out of usc offensive tackle austin jackson um this is a player who a lot of people think he needs to develop some more uh, to become a stud tackle, but the winner is Tua. Uh, he gets uh some help, and if Austin Jackson develops into what people think he can be, uh, Tua's got some protection for years to come. Yeah, the guy won't be a franchise tackle right out of the gate. He's got some developing to do, but he has promise. He's twenty years old. A lot of people kind of knocked him. Uh, he had a dip in production because he. Because he lost a lot of strength and physique because he gave his sister a bone marrow transplant. And I think that kind of slowed him down this past season. But like I said, he's 20 years old. As soon as his body recovers from such a big thing, I think he can definitely come in in a couple of years and say, well, I told you I was a first round pick. Let me show you why. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and let's hope that happens for his sake, for the Dolphins sake and for Tua's sake as well. With the number 19th pick of the draft, the Las Vegas Raiders take Damon Arnett, cornerback out of Ohio State. Um, I don't know about this. This this seems like a big reach. And I'm going to go ahead and say the loser here are the Raiders and Damon Arnett because he has to defend passes coming out of Mahomes' arms. 
<laughs> yeah, this is a head scratcher. The uh, experts, quote unquote, had him as a third round player. Mike Mayock seems to fall in love with players and just goes for it. For example, last year we had Cleveland Farrell at number four overall. Granted, last year was his rookie year, first year as a pro, but he did not play like the number one, number four overall player. I think that this is something that maybe the Raiders are going to prove us wrong, but right now, like you said, he's got to come in there and play against Patrick Mahomes twice a year. I don't, I don't see what the appeal is here. Yeah, and not just that. I mean, did you? I don't know if you saw or if you uh, paid attention, but when the camera panned to uh, Gruden, they exposed themselves their draft board it was right behind him Uh, i don't know know what's going on isn't going to be doing any like rocket science anytime soon no that's for sure uh let's go on to the 20th pick of the draft the jacksonville jaguars take edge out of lsu calevon chaseon if i don't know how to pronounce that sorry (laughs) if i'm not pronouncing it right but i think the winner is this defense He's a great player, a great addition, and let's see what they can do. I mean, Jaguars, for years now, have been known for their defense, so uh, why not add a great player out of LSU? Yeah, this is kind of a telltale sign that they are going to move on from Yannick Ngakwe. Yeah, he's kind of made himself aware, uh, known that he wants out. This is going to be an exciting addition to this defense. He will be on the opposite side of their first round draft pick, Josh Allen, the Josh Allen out of Kentucky, uh, assuming that they will have a, they do have a plan in place to move on from Yannick Ngakwe. That's right, number twenty one, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they take wide receiver out of TCU, Jalen Ragor Targaryen here, and I don't know. Uh, this seems like one of the bigger reaches as well in this draft. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit more, Drew? I'm looking at your notes and, uh, you're pretty much saying what I'm thinking. So why don't you let us know? Yeah. Jalen Rieger comes in and he has some special teams experience returning kicks and punts, but besides the Raiders taking our net, this might be the worst pick of the first round. They had Justin Jefferson, a more proven and productive player looking them right in the face and they take a small speedster. I don't, I don't know what Philadelphia is trying to do. Yeah. They got a big body in Alshon Jeffrey, but they still need youth and they still need somebody that can come in to make plays. I think Justin Jefferson was such a obvious player to do so. But like I said, maybe they have, they have some, a different idea in place. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is a player who's second all team, uh, Second, let me repeat that, all-team in the Big 12. And they pass on Justin Jefferson, who's first all-team, and did some great things at at the SEC of all conferences. So yeah, it was a bit of a head-scratcher. A lot of Eagle fans are not happy with this pick. And uh, uh, let's just hope that for their sake, they go with or they find themselves the next Tyreek Hill, because I'm assuming that's what they're trying to find. But but we'll see what happens with the Eagles and this pick. Uh, moving right along, we're at 22 now, and the Minnesota Vikings are like, thank you very much. We'll take Justin Jefferson, wide receiver out of LSU. 
Uh, we've just talked about how much we love Justin uh, Jefferson, all the th- uh, great things he did at LSU. And the winner here is definitely Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins because, I mean, Justin Jefferson sees himself as the clear number two under Adam Thielen. Yeah, this will be a fantastic replacement for Stephon Diggs. He can do a lot. Though he is really young and kind of new to this position, he has a lot more developing to do. But who would better to be his mentor than Adam Thielen? Yeah, I agree. I mean, one of the better receivers in the league. And Justin Jefferson goes in. And I'm assuming he's going to play right off the bat. But not just play, but uh, produce right off the bat. And we're back with the L.A. Chargers. Who take linebacker and tackling machine out of Oklahoma, Kenneth Murray. Um, Kenneth Murray's a great pick here, uh, Drew. Uh, we really like this guy. Yeah, Murray brings leadership and production out of Oklahoma. A tackling machine, like you said. That is what any AFC West team will need in order to try to stop Patrick Mahomes. He's called the defensive plays and for the Sooners since he was a sophomore. I expect him to do the same thing for the Chargers. They come in and they get the quarterback, so say, of their defense. And with the 24th pick of the draft, the New Orleans Saints uh, take here Cesar Reese out of Michigan. Let me back up and say that as if I'm Mexican because I am Cesar Reese out of Michigan. I don't know why I was saying it like that. Uh, this is a 6'3", 307-pound uh, guard, but he can play center as well. And so, no, excuse me, he's a center, but he can play guard as well. And so a lot of people think that he will be playing guard for the Saints. Yeah, this pick is a, while a good one. Shows you that the Saints are going all in for a Super Bowl run and Drew Brees is most likely last year. Ruiz claims that he was born to play center. We shall see this if his proclamation is correct, as he will face the likelihood of Derek Brown, Grady Jarrett, and Nanamagan Sue on a regular basis in the NFC South. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see for sure. This is, I think you're 100% right. I mean, <laughs> you have uh, the New Orleans Saints here, uh, 24th pick at the first round, and they're getting uh, players to help Drew Brees. 38 years old and in a couple of picks here we'll see what happens with another team who has a quarterback and also elite hall of fame quarterback who's getting older but we'll get to that here very shortly 25th pick of the draft the 49ers take brandon Ayuk, a wide receiver out of arizona state we like Ayuk, and the 49ers as we mentioned needed wide receiver help so let's see what they get out of this wide receiver from Arizona State. Yeah, the Niners move up and get, in my opinion, the next best receiver that's available in this draft. Had a lot of production at Arizona State. I look forward to see what Kyle Shanahan brings, uh, his opportunities to Brandon Ayuk. Uh, he has such amazing potential with uh, Debo Samuels on one side, Brandon Ayuk on the other, and they have that pretty good tight end named uh, George Kittle, I think. Yeah, I think he's pretty good as well. Um, and let's not forget they also have uh, third rounder Jalen Hurd, who uh didn't really play last year because he was on IR. So they, they looking like they're starting to um to get their young receiving core some help. So that is great for them. 
And here is the pick that everyone's talking about. It is the Green Bay Packers at number 26. Not only do they... I don't know where to start. They Okay, so they draft Jordan Love, quarterback out of Utah State. But not only do they draft him, they move up for him. And they give up a fourth rounder on top to pick Jordan Love, quarterback out of Utah State. I want to hear what you have to say about this, Drew, and then I'll, and I'll let you know kind of what I'm thinking. Well, the Packers now have a developmental project and is assumed a replacement for Aaron Rodgers. The fun fact, Rodgers is the same age as Brett Favre was when they, select, they selected Aaron Rodgers in the first round of 2005. Jordan Love had an amazing year in 2018 and then his his coach leaves uh and he kind of struggles last year he kind of had like that kind of 30 for 30 year that james winston has but uh i don't i do not think that he is the type of prospect that james james winston was and is today i think that he has a high ceiling right now he's got a pretty low floor so i think that it could go one of either way yeah we'll see what they can do we'll see what he can learn from aaron Rodgers in protecting the ball because we know that that's what pretty much aaron Rodgers does best he is the highest 10 touchdown to interception ratio we've ever seen uh i I love that he has the opportunity to learn from somebody that protects the ball so well since he really struggled with protecting the ball his last year at utah state yeah he he had like something something like 20 uh, in the in the low twenties and and uh, uh, touchdowns, and he had seventeen interceptions. So uh, the, I believe he had a new coach, a new offensive scheme. So you know, there's that, there's that, but definitely didn't have a great show in, in his last season um, at Utah State. So here, here's what I'm thinking: the Green Bay Packers won thirteen games last year. Uh, let me rephrase that. Aaron Rodgers won 13 games last year, uh, and it it wasn't all him. Uh, Aaron Jones had a great, great season, but Aaron Rodgers had was throwing to nobody outside of Devontae Adams. Nobody, period. They had rookies, players you've never heard of, and he needs some more help uh, in that receiving core, and still won them 13 games and was in the playoffs and could have had a deeper run uh, if things fell for them. And what do they do? They they draft a quarterback, which I understand if this is the quarterback that they fell in love with and this is the quarterback that they think will replace him. Okay, I guess you can't pass up on them, on him, but my question is this now because Aaron Rodgers still has a hefty, hefty contract. Uh, he, let's see, it's 2020 season, uh, will be coming up 2021. Their first potential out is in 2022 and it'll leave them with a $17 million dead cap if they get rid of him. So did you really draft Jordan Love to sit behind Aaron Rodgers for three, maybe four years? Because that's what it kind of feels like. Unless they're going to trade Aaron Rodgers. And it just seems kind of crazy right now. He's 36. His numbers have fallen a little bit, but he hasn't had anyone to throw it to outside of Devontae Adams. And everybody knows that if you just double team him or stop Devontae Adams, you stop 
the offense. So I don't know. I really, really feel like uh, they should have found him more weapons. This is an elite Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. If we just talked about a couple of picks ago, the Saints are the Saints are picking offensive weapons and offensive uh, help uh, for for their for their older quarterback and Drew Brees because they know that his window is closing and the Packers are just like nah, we'll take uh we'll take Jordan Love uh, here at at twenty six. Um, what are you thinking? Do you think they're going to trade him? I think I read where in Aaron Rodgers' contract, he is eligible to be released after this year or the next. Uh, I think that that might be a viable option considering if, I don't know, I don't know what Aaron Rodgers is thinking right now. I think with all their picks that they had, they picked offensive players, but it was a quarterback and a running back. Yeah. And not really anybody for them to throw to. So <laughs> I don't know. What I would be Aaron pissed. Rogers, yeah, I think I would be too. But we'll see. I think they're really, really going to now. The Packers are really going to focus on their run game with Aaron Aaron Jones in their pick out of uh, Boston College. But we'll see. I don't know what what the, the, the mindset is here in, in Green Bay. But I think it's going to set up for some nice soap operas. And and you know what the 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 terrible thing is here is that it's not Jordan Love's fault. Everybody's talking about <laughs> this this pick and how terrible it is. Some people think it's terrible, and how uh, uh, I think it's to be determined, of course. But yeah. <laughs> how uh, Aaron Rodgers is probably pissed and this and that. And here's Jordan Love. It's not the kid's fault that he was drafted in the first round, twenty six to the Packers. I'm sure he's ecstatic, and he wants to learn what he can from Aaron, but. Let's just hope that Mr. Grumpy Aaron Rodgers, the bad man, as Stephen A. calls him, let's hope that he is warm and receptive towards this young quarterback. Something that at first Brett Favre was not to him. So let's hope that he takes him under his wing and teaches him everything he can. So, okay, I think we should move on from the Packers. Let's go on to the 27th pick and the Seattle Seahawks who take Jordan Brooks a great linebacker uh, out of Texas Tech. What do you got, Drew? Yeah, this pick shows that they're adding uh, to the linebacker core and helping out Bobby Wagner. Brooks is expected to replace their middle linebacker, K.J. Wright, who is in his final year of this contract. The Seahawks linebacker room is kind of getting older. Like I think Bobby Wagner might be the youngest. I could be wrong at age 30. Uh, I don't, don't, don't quote me on that, but... Brooks comes in here, and I think he's expected to be able to play. He played middle linebacker at Texas Tech, but I think they said that he has the speed and the ability to play the outside linebacker role. But uh, they, they, I've seen, I've read where uh, they are expecting him to replace KJ Wright after this year, uh, just to plug and play. He's going to learn how to be a professional and watching film and and, and coverages and whatnot, and, and uh, just just try to be the seamless uh, change transition. that transition. Yeah for uh, KJ Wright as he retires or moves on. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing as well. And and like you said, he's uh, versatile. He can play uh, inside or outside. Uh, so that I think it's a good pick for them. And speaking of linebackers, Patrick Queen out of LSU goes 28 to the Baltimore Ravens. I think this is a great pick. Uh, he's a little undersized, um, but he's got great skills. He's a good pass rusher, 
a great a run defender, and I think this is one of the better linebackers uh, in the uh, in the draft. And uh, a lot of people are talking he's going to be day one starter. Yeah, the rich get richer in this situation. Queen brings a lot of athleticism to the Baltimore defense. He is arguably the best linebacker in this draft as a true outside linebacker. That you know, a lot of analysts said that you know Murray was the best run stopping downhill player, and then it's like kind of one A one B Murray, and then Queen who comes in is kind of more of a coverage player. I think that Patrick Queen does have the athletic ability to play either spot, uh, but I think they're expecting him to play outside linebacker to be in more of a a coverage guy, but he does have the ability to come downhill and make a play against the run. Yeah, moving uh right along, we are here at 29. The Tennessee Titans had to wait quite a bit for their first pick, but that's not necessarily a bad thing as they were one game away from the Super Bowl. And with their first pick here in the draft, they take six foot seven, three hundred and fifty-five or three hundred and fifty pound monster out of Georgia tackle Isaiah Wilson this seems like it's just a replacement for Conklin is it uh that's a safe bet the Titans get a monster that come in and fills the role of their former former first round Jack Conklin Wilson like his teammate in number four overall pick Andrew Thomas uh he started as a freshman for the Bulldogs and will do a great uh will do great blocking for Mr. King Henry himself yeah that's right and when you're a freshman starting at tackle for the Georgia Bulldogs in the, in SEC, the SEC. Yes. You're a great player. So yeah. it's, and, and people want to knock the, the pick. The guy is, is, is capable of coming in here and cause you think about the uh, SEC had the most picks in, in the draft and at any place like they're, they're, they're by far the most, most talented conference in college football. So when you come in here, you've been a starter since day one at the University of Georgia. I don't have no doubt in my mind that he's capable and ready to, to, to jump to the next level and block for an elite running back, which is Derrick Henry. Yeah, I 100% agree. And then let's not forget that, the, again, I'll repeat it again, the Tennessee Titans were one game away for the Super Bowl. And they, they want to just run it back. And they lost Conklin, so they immediately replace him in the draft because their game plan will be the same. And to me, that comes with a little bit of worries because people know how to stop them now. But they are. They're going to run it back, and they're going to see if they can have another Cinderella-like season with King Henry. Number 30, the Dolphins with the third pick of their first round here take the cornerback out of Auburn. Noah, help me out with this last name, Drew. It's Noah Igba. Hold on. Noah Igbenohini. I'm not, don't quote me. That's beautiful. <laughs> I'm terrible beautiful. this name. Uh, the Titan, I mean, the, the another head scratcher here. The Dolphins have two fantastic corner, corners here with Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. Yeah. That often, that the, and that the Auburn prospect was considered a day two pick. Um, Maybe this move is to bolster their secondary depth, but there are other names on the board that could have been a much better pick here. I, I just uh, maybe maybe the Dolphins have another plan for him. Maybe he's they're expecting him to convert to safety since they lost uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. But I, I don't, nothing is really given here. I think that they are um, 
Yeah, it doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah, the, converting him to safety is the only thing that kind of makes sense. Either that or this was a true head-scratcher of a, of a pick because, like you said, um, they lost uh, Fitzpat- uh, their um, their cornerback, Ninka Fitzpatrick, and Xavier McKinney is still on the board at this point. And that would have been a great plug-and-play kind of draft here. So I don't know. We'll see what the Dolphins do with yet another cornerback the vikings though at 31 speaking of cornerbacks take jeff gladney out of tcu and um i mean they needed a cornerback and they get it here with jeff gladney yeah and this is the same situation i feel that was with justin jefferson they see a team take a lesser talented prospect and you're just kind of like well thank you we'll take that the vikings are just here to take advantage of the best player that follows them Sure, it seems to happen when they took Justin Jefferson, like I said earlier. For sure. It seems to happen now as they take a great player, Jeff Gladney. I see him as the third best corner in this draft, and he falls to the corner needy team. I I love this pick. I think that he can come in here and immediately uh, start and make a difference in stopping the AFC North offenses. Yeah, uh, he's not very big, but he's very physical at the line of scrimmage. Uh, I was watching some some highlights, some tape of him, and he's very physical. I like those physical cornerbacks in the, at the line of scrimmage. So this is a great pick for Minnesota. And one of my favorite picks of the draft, at least for fantasy purposes, um, because that's all that matters, right? The yeah. Kansas City Chiefs take their running back out of LSU, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I love this pick, Drew. Tell us something. Clyde the Glide is someone who has a oh, very goodness, low Oh, goodness, I like that. <laughs> he is the, uh, I did not come with that. Uh, other people have called him that. So Clyde the Glide is somebody who comes in here with very low center of gravity, uh, which makes him very hard to take down. He has a great, he has great hands, which adds a dangerous quality into Andy Reid's offense. To me, when I see him play, I see Maurice Jones-Drew, but a lot of people compare uh, Clyde's Edward Hilaire to Brian Westbrook and expect Reed to use him in the exact same way used uh, when the exact same way he used Westbrook back in the days of it Philly. Yeah. I, I, I love this pick. Uh, the fresh Prince of Hilaire. Um, there you go. There's another one. Um, <laughs> I like that one too. Kansas city just does it again, right? They're, they're, they're doing the whole, we have some defensive needs, but we're just going to keep outscoring you. Exactly. Why, why, why try to stop you when we just blow you up on offense? Case in point, I guess that was kind of what happened to them in the AFC Championship game against the Titans. Exactly. They were down big early, and then they were like, it's okay. We have all these weapons, and we know how to use them. So, And that is it for the first round. Uh, what are your thoughts on this first round, Drew? I think the first round went pretty well. Uh, wasn't wild and crazy as everyone was expecting it to be with it being online and virtual. A couple of surprise picks and head scratchers, but overall, I really enjoyed it and, and I'm really excited to see what these young players will do with their new teams. I'm just ready for September to roll around and hopefully we'll have some NFL football. Yeah, I'm with you with that for sure. That, that Your last comment there, I'm ready for some football, but uh, I think there's a lot of people myself included. Uh, I didn't want the draft to go bad. Trust me, I did not. I'm glad it went well. But I was hoping that there would be more 
funny hiccups with the whole online thing. I know that uh, Roger Goodell changed clothes a couple times. Um, let's see what else happened uh, at the Titans coach's uh, house. There were some interesting characters behind him. Uh, it was very funny. Uh, there was a guy with a bleached mullet. I think people were expecting some kind of glitches, some kind of funny moments, um, meme worthy moments. And they didn't happen, which is, I guess, great because the draft went well. But I think we were all kind of expecting a little more fun, I guess. But I loved it. I'm just glad that it happened. Um, which team do you think had the best first round? Um, I think that I'd like to say the Dolphins because they had three picks. But I can't because the Cowboys got the best receiver in the draft in CeeDee Lamb. I was shocked to see him fall that far. Me too. Me too. I really was shocked as well but i'm gonna add another team on the here and it's the minnesota vikings uh they were patient they just kind of waited and they got gifted these uh great picks and so i think they had a great first round as well with justin jefferson and uh their uh new cornerback jeff gladney and one more drew what was your favorite pick of this round um, I would love to say CeeDee Lamb, but I can't get past the fact that the Chargers trading back in the first round to get Kenneth Murray, I think it was a very wise pick to get the signal caller of the defense to help them stop your high-powered division rival in the Chiefs. Yeah, I and I'm going to have to go with um, Fresh Prince of Hell Air himself, Cloud Edwards, um, again, for fantasy purposes, I love this pick. I think that Dar- uh, um, Williams, the, the running back over at uh, Kansas City, he's not that great. Um, I, I don't, I'm trying to be nice here, but it's he's a product of being in Kansas City. But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is a great running back. And he goes, and I'm, I just hope that he wins out uh, and is the starter because I... I cannot wait to see what he does in Kansas City Red. And um, that's my favorite pick of, of of the round. You got anything else to add on this first round full of full of a few surprises? I mean, we have the Jordan Love situation. Uh, Jerry Judy falling so far. You got anything else to add? No, not really. It's pretty cut and dry. I think the later rounds is when it really gets important. But uh, the second round is full of some great talent. I look forward to our next episode to have uh, time to talk about what all went down in the second round. The first round is a lot of gambles, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing, nothing's given. You know, I hope that the first round quarterbacks succeed. I have my doubts, but I'll also see how they would succeed. Yeah. So I'm excited to see for all this to come into play. Good luck to you guys. Good luck, gentlemen, as you begin your professional career. Remember who you are and whose you are. And call your mother. Tell you I love her. Wash your hands. And for everybody listening, thank you so much. We're at the end of another episode. We'll be back in a couple of days with our breakdown aftermath of round two of the NFL Draft. See you guys then. Have a good day. Bye.